What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah, coming at you live on this beautiful Wednesday night to talk to you about some basketball. We're back at it with just a, a weekly NBA Roundup episode. Noah, for you, it, it really is a pretty beautiful night down there. You know, I you guys hit 70 tonight? Yeah. Got to golf for the first time uh, in the new year, 2022. Jeez. Felt very nice. Um, it's a, It seems a little lonely in here, Colin. Two straight weeks with a guest. No guests this week. Just back to the old bench chatter boys. Yeah, I know. I don't even care for you that much, so this kind of blows for me. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. Blows for the listeners, too. <laughs> they got to go back to listening to just us. Yeah, I know. Yeah, honestly, my heart goes out to them. God. Uh, that would suck, truly. No, how do we, how do we shoot first day out on the course? You know, and it, you know, it's always going to be a rough round. But it, did it feel nice to be out there at least? It did feel very nice. You know, golf is uh, such an interesting sport, Con, because mm-hmm. I didn't pick it up until two years ago uh, after I graduated. Oh, wow. and, I didn't know that. You know, you think about I, that's the first time I haven't learned a new sport, Con, since I was a yeah. kid. Yeah. Um, and you that, think wow. about when we were learning sports as kid, as a kid. You yeah, know, you're like uh, five years old. You, know, you had practice three, four times a week. <laughs> you, you, yeah, yeah, you practice like that's how you got good at something. And as an adult, um, and you know, golf is just something that if you want to get good at it, it just takes time, it takes reps, and uh, just getting it back into that sport, learning a sport mindset is uh, it's good for the it's good for the soul. I'll say that. Like going to the driving yeah. range is very therapeutic. Oh, I agree. The driving range is quite nice. It, it's a very calming experience, to say the least. Well, you know what? No, we uh, we up in Chicago have not been quite that blessed, but we're supposed to hit sixty, and uh, this weekend, and we are thrilled about that. I could not be more excited. <laughs> sixty in the Midwest, man. It's shorts. It's short sleeves shirts. Uh... You know, Golly. Midwesterners get silly once it starts to hit 60, Colin. We don't know oh. how to act anymore. No, people lose their fucking minds, Noah. Uh, seriously. It's like, you know, you haven't seen anybody. Midwesterners basically hibernate. Like, that's a thing people do. You know, I have one buddy. He hasn't left his apartment in five months. Yeah. I don't know Are what's you up serious? with him. No, I'm not serious. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> Could you imagine November hits and he's just like, nope, I'm done with this. <laughs> you done. Know, I wouldn't blame him. No, I really wouldn't. The uh, the retirement fund to Arizona will hit eventually off this podcast. No, don't you worry. Yes, sir. We'll be golfing three-fourths of the year, and when it's too <laughs> hot in Arizona, we'll be in our lake house in Michigan, hopefully, or Wisconsin. I'm fine with that. Ugh, sounds like the so, life. Please keep listening to bench chatter uh yeah we're, we're pretty poor at the moment we can't really pay the bills any longer guys we're both we're recording this from a starbucks it's not even I'm starbucks it's, it's a dunkin donuts the <laughs> the <baristas. laughs> they got they got terrible internet speeds over here yeah uh, we no and i ordered one black coffee to share we're lady in the tramp in it <laughs> <laughs> oh all right, no, do you, 
up to you, yes or no question, would you like to address the Indiana University basketball game that happened tonight? <sighs> you know, he, yes, we we have to, Colin. Uh, you know, I think the last time we gave an IUBB uh, update, Colin, was after our very nice Purdue win game. over Purdue. Cut down. And, um... I, I don't think it's I think it's pretty easy to say Colin that we uh, we peaked there. That was our Super Bowl. Uh, very hard. That was our Super Bowl. Very hard. <laughs> um, since then, Colin, it's kind of just been a downhill string of games. Um, what sucks is what sucks is that just think about the teams that we've seen in the past, Colin. You know, I've been watching IUBB since like I was in seventh, eighth grade. Um, yeah. I've just seen I've seen us have a lot of good teams. Uh, you know, we, I've got to see all the depot OG uh, Ty, Cody Zeller, um, even you know that team when we were freshmen, Colin, who yeah, you know Thomas Bryant, Jawan Howard, um, OG. just a lot of good players. And it just seems like this team doesn't have like the moxie that those teams had, Colin, or like the grit. No. Um, it's just very hard because we're in games too, Colin. It's the worst part. We just fall apart in the last four minutes, five minutes of every game. And it's just terrible. Our ability to close out is atrocious. It, it really is. I mean, the amount of times that we go up into half, up 10, up 8, up 12, and I'm like, all right, let's go. And we just blow it. I mean, it, it really comes down to the idea that we don't have very good three-point shooting. Parker Stewart and Miller Cop, who both came in as prolific three-point shooters, uh, I think they combined tonight for like four of 17 from the field in threes. And Trace Jackson Davis down the stretch just, uh, you know what? In, in the Big Ten, he's not athletic enough to just be able to outman dudes. And he doesn't have enough touch to just be able to hit from anywhere. You know, he's got his couple spots where he's absolutely doesn't have a right lethal. hand. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, I was being cordial with it. Yeah. Anytime he's on the right side of the court, he doesn't have a shot. Uh,. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the defense is always pretty good. We struggled at our free throws down the stretch usually. Actually, tonight we're pretty decent with that, but it's uh, it's frustrating. When it happens time and time just, again, you just you have to assume mm-hmm. there's just no clutch. And it's just tough at this point in the year, Colin, where, yeah. you know, our starters are playing, they're seeing 30-plus minutes a game. Like, mm-hmm. the rotation is really down to seven or eight guys, and that seventh and eighth guy are playing, like, nine minutes each. So it's really just like it's within it's in it's like within the players that they just have to like start clutching these games up and I just don't think we have the personnel to do it. Like I, Miller Cobb should not be playing thirty two minutes no. a game, Colin. No, he should not be. No, he's a, he's a cool dude, but absolutely no way. You can't be a three point shooter and be one for five from the field with like five points. We really just like the the guard play is just not there at all. Like. As a team tonight, we had ten assists, nine assists. Like, you just you, we just need a guy that could average, that can just get things running on the offense, and we just yeah, don't. Yeah, and and Xavier Johnson has truly been our best player, and I think he was tonight. Yes. despite you know, especially the second half. I mean, Trace Jackson Davis is always great in the first ten minutes. You know, I know I I will say this before we we talk about Indiana too much. I was really loving the lineup when we had. Rob and Xavier on the floor together. I think that's mm-hmm. the key to our best lineup. I think that our best lineup looks like 
Rob, Xavier, Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson, and then pick your fifth, just depending on what the matchup looks mm-hmm. like. But I, I think that is a very formidable, very formidable team. And, you know, it uh, we don't see that lineup a lot, which definitely falls on the coaching. But yeah. we, uh, I agree with you because I, Xavier, when we, when we ask Xavier to be the primary playmaker, Colin, you know, he's just prone to um, having some bad turnovers, making some bad decisions. And when Rob's in the game with him, you know, it takes some of that load off his um, shoulders. Mm-hmm, and for sure. You just need two experienced guards in there, but... Rob is very, very hot and cold. Um, just as you can see, Rob really hasn't played that well ever since that Purdue game, Colin. Um, yeah. And we really need a guy like him to step up if we want to make the tournament. Uh, really, Colin, our best chance of making the tournament. Um, I think right now we're probably last four in. But we needed this. We, we needed this one against that. Rutgers. We needed this. We have to split one one this week. Um, so that means yeah, we so have we to beat, beat Purdue. Purdue. And if we can't beat Purdue, Colin. Barring a miracle of us going on a run in the Big Ten tournament, we're probably yeah, not making the tournament. I think so, too. Which is tough, because this was a much more attainable win than at Purdue. Yeah. yeah. All right, now let's uh, let's get into the NBA talk. We're Bro, pretty I, much going I hate around. I, you, make, I me hate make me Dude, coach of IEBB. Make me coach of IEBB. I'll have a fine. Do it. Do it. I do it. Fine. Noah, you're now the coach of IU basketball. How does it feel? Put me on the court, dude. I'll hit two threes <laughs> at least. No, he's going two of thirty from the field. And I, I would at least hit two threes. I have like decent confidence of that. Do you really? How many? On how many shots? Uh, we'll give you five. Do you think you can clip forty percent? Ooh, no. <laughs> 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 Give me nine attempts, Colin, and I will go two for nine. I, I think that's what Parker Stewart did tonight. Hey. <laughs> banger. Banger, banger. All right. Noah, our first roundup topic for this week, I, I think it's the guy who's leading... Leading the NBA in, in just news and newsworthiness is John Morant's MVP case. This guy, Noah, I just I wanna lead I wanna lead this with just who John Morant is now. John Morant uh, now holds the record for most viewed video on an NBA Instagram post with 82 million views. It was at his half-court, like, three-quarter court buzzer beater that he hit. It's mm-hmm. been viewed 82 million times on Instagram, and he leads the league right now in views just across any post he has on ESPN. <laughs> That's crazy. Isn't that nuts? He's garnered, like, 350 million views off his videos. Gee, he's like a <clears throat> just the 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 play of John Moran is just crazy this year, Colin. Like he's entered that like Bleach Report House of Highlights type of guy where he just has a he just has a viral highlight every game. Um, like mm-hmm. we were like we're used to seeing from like a Steph Curry, LeBron James, and um, just a quick little stat for you here, Colin. On Saturday um, against your Bulls. 
John Morant made 15 field goal attempts. Uh, Steven Adams. This is a deep stat here, Colin. Steven Adams okay. had 11 screen assists um, for jo- out of Jaws' 15 made buckets. He Steven Adams is low-key playing so well right now. I, I remember. I think it's going a bit <laughs> under the radar. Yeah, because he, like his his stat line actually his stat line was fucking nutty against the Bulls. He had 12 and 21 with five assists, five and nine from the field. Two blocks. Yeah, we said it. Steven Adams and Russell Westbrook, this was the comp we made when he went there, worked so well in the pick and roll, and the reason Russ won that MVP that year was because Steven Adams and him were just unstoppable in the pick and roll. You know who is probably the closest thing to Russell Westbrook that we've seen is John Morant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it just it um, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. He is... Uh... I, I, I don't think it's happening this year, Con, with the MVP. Um, no, don't say that. I, I, I don't think it is, but next year, Con, he is he is coming. For, I still think, personally, John Morant's going to finish top three MVP uh, vote, vote getter this year, Con. Um, currently, basketball reference, their MVP tracker, he has him at seven. They have him at seven, same odds as Steph Curry uh, and DeMar DeRozan currently to win. Uh, to probability to win the MVP, mm-hmm. but I think he's finishing third. I think the addition of Harden to the Sixers really hurt Joel Embiid's case, and he might just be my favorite to win it next year. Con this this is really crazy what we're seeing from John Moran. It's a uh, like you said. You, I mean, you predicted at the beginning of the year, Con. It, it's maybe your greatest take ever. Like I would if. I would absolutely go down with that. If that was my greatest take ever, I will be absolutely fine with that. I remember almost not saying it too. Remember, I was I kind of talked myself into it. And I was like, you know what? I have it written down. I'm not backing down. I'm saying this. So, uh, <laughs> bada bing, bada boom, baby. Bada bing. I'll take it. Yeah, DraftKings has him at fourth right now. And for an award like this, I actually think that a sports book is probably more accurate than what basketball reference is putting out there. Yeah, the Grizzlies are must watch TV right now, Colin. I I know. I and the funny thing is they still have moves to be made. Like um not only internally but also externally. Like the growth of Jaron Jackson Jr. He he really um I think it's kinda going under the radar how well Jaron Jackson Jr. has been this year, Colin, just because of how well mm-hmm. John Moran is playing. Um, and how well the rest of the Grizzlies are playing. But, you know, he leads the league in total blocks now. He's second, I, I believe, in blocks per game. Uh, he is he has a lot of room to grow still, especially with his partnership with Ja. And they also have Capcom. Like, they have room to add guys here. And at this point, who who doesn't want to play with Ja? Who doesn't want to play for the Grizzlies? Mm-hmm. This team is loaded with talent, young talent at that. I don't know, man. I uh, I like it, though. I like it a lot. So, realistically then, Noah, what do you think Ja has to do to win the MVP? <clears throat> it's... Is it what it, he has tough. to do, or do other guys have to fall off? Jokic is just like... The, the statistical case for Jokic is just... It's going to be too hard to overcome, Con. Do you think that the story of John Morant could overcome it? 
Because that's a big thing. It really is. Well, wouldn't the... Why isn't the narrative, like, higher now than Khan? Because he's been doing it all season. Why hasn't the narrative been there for the season? I don't know. I, I, I truly don't because I've loved him all year. But it does seem like the hype is peaking right now, which is a fantastic time to peak. I think it just. I think this is a good buffer year. Um, his third year in the league, Con, where um, he established himself as that top twenty, you know, top fifteen player in the league. And next mm-hmm. year, once we have these expectations set, um, and he plays even better, I think that is the recipe. That is the narrative for the um, for John Moran and for the Grizzlies to for him to be in this MVP case. All right, all right. I think that if the Grizzlies finish at the one seed, I think you have to give it to them. And the Suns are getting a little bit closer. A little bit it's closer. Obtainable. Chris Paul out for six to eight weeks. Yeah. Devin Booker just entered health and safety protocols today. It they're, is uh, not out of the uh, question. They're going to pick up a win against the Trailblazers tonight. They're up 15 right now with six minutes left to go in the third quarter. But seven and a half games out, it's not unattainable, you know? It's it's probably actually slimmer mm-hmm. than what his MVP margins are. I think if he does that, that's actually probably a lock. Because that would just be nuts. But, yeah, it uh, we'll see what happens there. We are big stands of Mr. Morant on this podcast. Okay, no, moving on to the next topic we have on the list, Harden and the new look 76ers. So going to the, the leader in the MVP race, Joel Embiid, uh, Harden has now played four games with the 76ers. They won tonight in New York after kind of a lackluster first half. They, uh, they went up very big in the second half. Outscoring the Knicks by 19 in the third quarter alone. Uh, Harden tonight looked quite decent, putting up 26-9-9 on 8 of 13 shooting. Embiid posts 27-12-4. And Tyrese Maxley actually posts 25 tonight. Harden in his <laughs> He's their third best player. He's The big three is him, Harden, Embiid, Harden, and Maxey now. Sorry, Tobias Harris. You're out of here. Yeah. Yeah, he sucks, by the way. Uh, Harden in his three games so far has been averaging about 27.5 points, 9 rebounds, 12.5 assists. Hmm. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, honestly, they're looking better than what I thought they were going to be, Con. Um, I thought... Uh, just through these first initial games would be a bit of a your-turn-my-turn situation between Harden and Embiid, mm-hmm. but through three games, Colin Embiid is averaging 35.5 points. Um, he's being assisted on more of his buckets than ever before. Um, that's what happens when you get Harden, uh, one of the best yeah. playmakers of all time. Um, and Harden, over those three games, Colin has averaged 28 points, 9 rebounds, 14 assists, only 2.5 turnovers. With with Harden's just like basketball skill set, Con the Sixers are producing one point two eight points per possession from Harden pick and rolls. Wow. Um, you know, just his driving ability, his three point shooting ability. It's Harden just knows how to orchestrate a pick and roll like 
so beautifully and how to manipulate defenders and um Embiid is going to grow a lot here Colin as a screen and roller as a screener and as a roller uh playing with Harden and because mm-hmm. he's never played with a guy this good before um it's just it's just a fact and it they're they're going to be hard to beat Con. I eventually think I think the depth eventually is going to get to them but um just through this three game sample size we've seen uh they're not to be they are not to be underestimated here Colin. No, absolutely not. I uh I really think and you know it's not as though they've played the stiffest of competition that the NBA has to offer. They've played the Knicks twice and the Timberwolves. They've won every game by at least 15 points. So, you know, there's something to be said there. But from what I've seen of them so far, they do look like a much more cohesive team than they ever have. I just I do think that Harden's playmaking is it's unmatched, you know, you said it. He's one of the best playmakers ever. Now you've got a guy who can get Joel Embiid the ball with and can stand at the three-point line and actually garner defenders that need to guard him, you know? Like it just it mm-hmm. spreads the floor out for him. That's what I saw a lot in the Knicks game that I watched tonight. Joel Embiid could just get his, you know. I mean, the fact that Maxi Harden and Embiid all posted 25 on under 15 shots, like, that's just efficiency out the ass. Mm-hmm. And that comes from Harden. Yeah. I, uh... The, the East is going to be very fun this year, Colin. It's... You know, it's an unfortunate year for your Bulls, Con. They're having a fantastic season. DeMar DeRozan having a fantastic season. But the East is so tough. Like, the Bulls would have such a good shot out of making it out of the West, Con. But the East is just going to be a gauntlet. I know. No, did you see that uh, the guy from the meme that Embiid posted, the... I just stopped by my biggest hater's funeral just yeah. to make sure he was dead. Uh, they have him scheduled to ring the bell at the 76ers <laughs> Nets game in two weeks. <laughs> I love that. How awesome is that? <laughs> Come on. That's so funny. And Simmons is refusing. <laughs> I don't know if Simmons is refusing to play, but Simmons is not playing. And, uh,. I don't know. Starting to uh, maybe reconsider any takes I had about Mr. Benjamin. I mean, obviously, we'll we'll see what happens yeah. when he actually starts playing. Yeah. I, I think the Nets are in a good position, too, Colin. Uh, I think the Nets are looking more towards next year, but... I think uh, so too. I mean, you can still. Play I think it's year. a. I think it's going to work out for both teams. I think it's going to work out for both teams pretty nicely. I think so too. I. Uh, I think after what I've seen out to react, I think the seventy six years are my championship favorite right now. <sighs> Not to overreact, but they're the best team in basketball now after three games. So, good <laughs> thing I'm. I'm keeping it tempered. I keeping like it that. reasonable. Keep it grounded. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Noah, let's talk about my least favorite team in the NBA. Do you know who that is? 
Um, the New Orleans Pelicans. No, actually, I'm okay with the Pelicans. I like them. Oh, wait. No, why did it? I know who it is. The freaking Knicks. It's the Knicks. It's the Knicks. The Knicks, uh, who actually had a very nice lead going into the half today against the 76ers, lost the game by 15 points. It's their second loss in four days to the same 76ers. By similar margins, the Knicks are now 25-37 and 37 this year, Noah. They are out of the play-in game by four and a half games. I really don't see them catching the Atlanta Hawks. And it seems as though we're back to the Knicks. The Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks. <laughs> what do you do with this team? It's a it's a very tough question, Colin, because they they overachieved last year. Um, that is yes. very apparent by what Knicks team we are seeing now. Um, you know, one of the reasons they were so good last year, Colin, was they had a top five defense for most of the year. Um, mm-hmm. The defense this year, sixteenth in the league, twenty fourth and twenty uh, fourth in the league in offense, and they. The roster construction is just weird to me, Colin, and, like, you look at the guys. Like, Julius Randle, fine with being a Nick. Julius Randle is not a number one option. The Knicks know that. Julius Randle knows that. Like, um, that was never supposed to be the case. Um, he played phenomenally mm-hmm. last year. But the Knicks, I think the Knicks are fine with having Randle as a piece to build around. You know, in an ideal scenario, I do think Randle could be the third best player on a championship team. Um, I like R.J. Barrett. I think R.J. Barrett still has a lot to uh, to develop, but just the growth we've seen in his three years in the league, I, I am very impressed with R.J. Barrett. Um, I think mm-hmm. he's going to be a very good player in this league. But then you just go down the rest of the roster, and it's like, why did we sign Evan Fournier in the season? Because we thought we were going to be as good as we were last year. Um, we have Derrick Rose. He's old. Kimball Walker, old. Alec Burks, why? Uh, Mitch yeah. Robinson can't stay healthy. You know, Obi Toppin, we're not playing him enough. Emmanuel quickly. Um, after having the stellar rookie season he did last year, pretty pretty mid this year. Um, yeah, very Tom Thibodeau's refusal to play guys like Quentin Grimes, who I think definitely should be playing on this team. Um, the trading for Cam Reddish but not playing him, actually, because of Tom Thibodeau's refusal to play young guys is weird. Um, you know, they botched the Kevin Knox draft pick. Um, just stuff like that, it's, it's, it's all coming to a head neck on with this Knicks team that we're seeing now. And they really just need, you know, they need youth in this team. They need an infusion of an actual point guard who's a patch first, someone who can shut R.J. Barrett up, someone who can shut Joyce Randall up. And, um, you know, I think I said last year that all Knicks fan, all the Knicks want is some consistency, Colin. Um, mm-hmm. If they could be somewhere in between where they're at now and where they were at last year, I think that's a dub in Knicks fans' um you know, mind. I think that's a dub for the Knicks as a franchise, who are such a storied franchise, but they've just been so mm-hmm. bad ever since Carmelo. Um, they just need some consistently uh, consistency. Like two years of making the playoffs, con would be such a win for this team. Um, but you know, like most Tom Thibodeau teams do, he it's fizzling out. Um, Tom Thibodeau is not going to be the coach of the Knicks for much longer, con If I had to guess. And they got some retooling to do, but do you still believe, Con, in the notion that the Knicks are a free agent destination? Like, do you still believe in that? 
What free agent since Carmelo Anthony is signed with the New York Knicks? Exactly. Well, you know, I don't think they were that far from being the team that KD and Kyrie chose. Um, I, I, I really don't. Um, but they I weren't. Think that whole. Yes, they they weren't. Um, so so you don't believe in the Knicks as still being a free agent destination? Definitely not with this current management, and not while the Brooklyn Nets proved to be a competent team, you know? Like, if you're going to go live in New York and you can play for a competent front office, a competent coach in Steve Nash, why would I pick the Knicks? You know, no, we're getting to the point where guys coming into the league, you and me, when have we watched good Knicks teams? Hardly ever. Like, what, the last time the yeah. Knicks were truly good was like 2000. I'm not hanging my hat. Yeah, Lin- yeah. seriously. Seriously, though. <laughs> all the years with Carmelo there in Jeremy Lin's five-game span is the coolest thing to happen to the New York Knicks in the last 20 years. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's sticky over there in the Knicks, Colin. What would your... I, I don't really have a concrete solution for you. They're going to need a new coach. I think they're going to have to be bad for a couple more years. Um, I would look into potentially maybe trading Julius Randle. I, I, I don't... Knicks fans are very uh, wishy-washy on Julius Randle, but I think that's kind of how they are with anyone who plays for the Knicks. They I love you so when too. you're playing well. They hate you when you're playing bad. Uh what is, what is your solution here, Colin, to making the Knicks a competitive team again? So I, th- I think it's a complete rehaul. I think you have to fire Tibbs. I think you have to fire the front office because the front office hasn't done anything to benefit your team. I mean, Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett are really the only things you've hit in the last six years. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not hanging my hat on batting 50%. They're 50, you know? Like, that's just not... That Remember was a bad analogy. Frank I do, yeah. Frank the Tank. <laughs> Remember when Kevin Knox was a the summer league MVP? That was He's another guy who I think I think still might be good, Con, but the Knicks. Just but won't you don't give him the know. Chance. You don't like, and that's what's just so like, stupid. That's the like, toughest part. Like, why would I want to go for, play for a team that's just too incompetent to let anybody develop? And also too incompetent to stop playing Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson, even though they're both 36 mm-hmm. at this point. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, at this point, if I was Tom Thibodeau, which he will never do this, I would be rolling out a full lineup of a starting lineup of Quentin Grimes, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, Ob Top, and Joyce Randall, and just giving these young guys a chance because they are the future. Mm-hmm. Kemba is not in the future. Derrick Rose is not in the future. Evan Fournier is not in the future. Like, you thought you were going to be good. You're not. Like, stop playing these guys. Um, it's they just they just fell they just fell for the trap, Colin. And it's 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 weird because it was cool last year, Colin, when the Knicks it was were good. Cool. Like, it was awesome. It was it, it was like yeah, this franchise is awesome when they're cool because they're one of the biggest franchises, if not the biggest, like franchise in the league in terms of, like, fan base and how passionate the fans are. It's just uh, 
It's a bad situation. They got to get rid of Thibodeau, man. Yeah, they do. I mean, ugh, coach of the year to get in canned. Who would have saw it coming? I, I really don't think Thibodeau has, like, I don't think another team is going to fall for that trap. I, I think no, Thibodeau I think for the rest done. of his career, I think he's just like a, he's just an overqualified defensive coach on an NBA yeah. bench. That's what he should be. That's, yes, it absolutely is what he should be. Ugh, yeah. All right, that was much too much about the Knicks. Let us talk about the Miami Heat. No, this is a team I just I feel like nobody's talking about, which is so weird because they have been the number one team in the East basically the last two months. Mm-hmm. They're 41-21. Pretty much everybody has missed significant time on this team, and they are still withstanding. It just, uh, it's... It's really impressive what Eric Spolstra has been able to do with this lineup. Bam's only played 37 games. Jimmy Butler's played 43 games. Hell, Dwayne Desmond has started 30 games this year. You know, I think that should tell you all it needs to tell you. Mm-hmm. Lowry's played 48. Yeah. Like, it's just nobody on this team has been healthy. Mm-hmm. I I am a big fan of this Heat team, Colin. Um, even though I don't like Jimmy Butler, um, I do like watching this Heat team play. I mean, how could you not? Eric Spolster yeah. is just such a good coach. He can get it done with whoever the Heat have. Um, just looking at the roster construction, like they're just a very beautifully crafted team, Colin. You know, you have Jimmy Butler, Harrow, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson. Um, and then you just look at the guys off their bench, like Max Struess is a solid NBA player. Gabe Vincent, solid. Caleb Martin, solid. P.J. Tucker, solid. Yeah. Uh, Markeith Morris, solid. That's their first 10 guys, Colin, and they still have, you know, a Dwayne Deadman to play minutes when they need to. Um, yeah. I, I really Yurtsevin. like this team, Colin. Yeah. Yeah, Yurtsevin. Um They're 16th right now in offensive rating, 5th in defensive rating, Um but they haven't had their whole team this year, so I actually think they're a better defensive rating, uh, a better defensive yeah. team than their rating actually tells. Um, the thing with me is, and I think the reason why the Heat mm-hmm. aren't gaining more, you know, championship um, talk is that at the at the end. Of- no, we uh, we lost you there for a second. Are we gonna find you? last minute two minutes of a game like is it Kyle Lowry is it Jimmy Butler like are they just going to keep running their offense that late into the game and hope you know that we just create the chances through our natural flow of our offense um that's that's the biggest problem for me there and that lies within me not believing that Jimmy can be that Jimmy is that guy is really what it comes down to Interesting, interesting. Um, do you need a team that this well that is this well balanced to have that guy per se? You know, you have to have somebody down the stretch that the ball's going to. Is that what you're saying, or like you just don't believe that Jimmy can take yes. over the game the way that he needs to? I just like you know we have those playoff games, Colin, where Giannis is going for forty, Giannis is going for fifty, you know KD is going for fifty. Like 
Jimmy Butler's never going for 50 in a game, Con, which no, he kind of just up need in a playoff game. He did put up 45 without Bam and uh, who else with him? Dragic in the 2020 finals to single-handedly beat the Lakers. So he can definitely I mean, do you it. You would never pick. You would never pick the like. Where do the Heat lie in terms of? Are they a team that can win the championship? Colin, do you believe they're an S tier team in the East right now? Like going into these playoffs? No, I don't. No, I think them and the Bulls <laughs> are in the same category, and I'd maybe they're an A tier. The Celtics, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the and Heat see, have beat up on the As Bulls, much as I so. love the Heat, Colin, you're telling me to pick a team in the last two minutes, it's a tie game. Who do I want leading my team to potentially win this game, Jason Tatum or Jimmy Butler? I'm picking Tatum. I'm picking DeRozan. Like. Yeah. 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 No, it's fair. It's fair. I, uh... I wanted to ask the question, are they for real, for real? Because I wasn't sure. I'm still kind of in the middle, to be honest with you. Like, if if they only have to see one of Bucks Nets 76ers, I could see them doing it. You know, but that's a big ask to only have to roll through one of those teams. So... I would we'll take see. the Sixers. I would take the Bucks over the Heat at this moment easily, I think. I, I think the Sixers are – no team wants to see the Heat, Colin. I, I will say that. No yeah. one wants to see the Heat. They're the uh, the don't-look-now team, if you will. Yes. All right, that's fair. That's fair. All right, I'm glad we could have this discourse. You know what, next on the list, uh, why does NBA Twitter, Twitter hate Rudy Gobert? I was popping on today. The last couple of days, and I have seen some absurd Rudy Gobert hate. Like he was in like the top five. Somebody put out like, "Who's your five most hated players?" And like LeBron was on a lot of lists. Harden was on list. Embiid or not Embiid? Simmons was on lists. Curry made some lists. But my man Rudy Gobert was consistently on the list, and I just I didn't it's realize so that cool. people disliked him that much. It's interesting, Colin, because, like you said, popular players that people don't like. Um, James Harden at the top of that list. I've I've kind of always been a James Harden um, stan, uh, if you would say that. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think at the end of James Harden's career, when he finally retires, I think people are going to realize um, that we did not appreciate this guy as much as we should have when he was actually in the league. I think James right. Harden is one of the best uh, players that we're ever going to see, truly. Um, you know, the accolades may not stand up to that, but just watching James Harden, like, the guy's a freak. Um, people, the reason people didn't like James Harden, Colin, one of the main reasons is, you know, the whole free throw debacle and him manipulating defensive and offensive rules in the NBA. And I was never a hater of that because I think, mm-hmm. you know, if that rule's there, you got – he's – if if that rule was so bad, Colin, everybody would be doing mm-hmm. it, but – Everybody can't because they're not as good as James Harden. Like I, I, I put th- that as a part of his yeah. skill set. Um, and you know, you can hate that. I can understand that. But James, like I, I don't, I don't love the James Harden hate. Um, 
another guy. You said Ben Simmons. I'm, I'm a big Ben Simmons fan because of what he brings to the floor. He's top five defender in the NBA when healthy. Um, he's a playmaker at his size of 6'10". He's one of the best passers in the league. Um, I don't like Rudy Gobert, Colin. Um, <laughs> so you're I in on it. Bit, <laughs> yeah, I am in on it. I, I really don't like Rudy Gobert. And I don't know why, Colin, but I I think Ben Simmons should have won Defensive Player of the Year last year. I I can get why Rudy Gobert did, but then you look how the Jazz fizzled out in the playoffs and how the Clippers just played this guy off the floor, Colin. And I think Rudy Gobert wants to be considered one of those best players in the league. I think he thinks he is. I don't think he is. I, I truly think he's an overpaid Jared Allen. I I won't disagree with you that he's overpaid, but I can understand the Jazz doing it. The Jazz by no means are a free agent destination. They have to. Yeah, you have to. Um, the Clippers did play he's just him off the court. Just an easy guy to clown on. Yeah. Yeah, I know the Clippers played him off the court, but... <sighs> Which is they, tough. People That's also hate him, Colin, for that one clip... People oh, think for he him started COVID. COVID. Yeah, that's people legitimately do not like him for that. And that clip of him like touching every mic, yeah. people are like, oh, like that's literally a reason why people hate him. And I did that's forget about the worst that. Reason. All right, all right, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, do you think all the All Star Game appearances have something to do with it? That people think that you know, yes, averaging what he averages doesn't garner All Star. I also you see you don't ever see you don't ever see other players, Colin, talking about Rudy Gobert in a positive light, really, do you? It's a good point. I don't see anybody being like, Oh, Rudy Gobert, you know, that's a guy I'd love to go play with. Yeah. Like he's a he's an inter I, I don't like him. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right. All right, let's move on from hating Rudy Gobert. I now agree. I hate Rudy Gobert. If you ever bring Rudy Gobert up to me, I will punch you in the face now. That's how it works. My opinion's not changing from that. That's how opinions work. They never change. Okay, Noah, there is an incredibly tight race for the number one seed right now. The Rockets, Magic, and Pistons all fall within a half game of each other. The Pistons are 15 and 47. The Magic are 15 and 48. And the Rockets are also 15 and 47 tied with the Pistons. Mm-hmm. N- not much to talk about here, but, you know, we start to beg the question who can tank the best? And I. The, <laughs> I, the, the Rockets should be able is... to tank the best. Yes, they should be because they don't have a player like a Cade or the team composition that the Magic have. Uh, um, the funniest thing, Colin, is the Pacers had a back-to-back um, against the Magic this week. We lost the first game by, like, 20. Um, we were we had 21 wins. The Thunder had 19. Um, and then we played them tonight. The Pacers, halfway through the third quarter, were down 20-something, 24 um, I was like, this is amazing. Like, we're going to we're gonna let the Magic get two wins here. They're going to get up to 16 wins. Um, like, we're playing spoiler for these tanking teams, and it's like, who can really tank the hardest? Um, 
Pacers ended up winning in overtime. Very sad. <laughs> I did not want to see them win. Uh, but it's it's interesting here, Colin. I, I'm going to stray from the subject a little bit, but I was okay. talking to my friend about this. And I was just wondering, in that Pacers locker room, Colin, it's, do you think anything has actually been said that, like, like, hey, guys, we want to lose these games. Like, we don't want to, like we don't want to win these games or do you think it's just like a it's just like a silent but known notion that like hey losing games is in our benefit like how do you think that how do you think that conversation goes about uh, so i'm pretty sure you can't say that out loud i don't think you can like tell no. players but like within a locker room like do you think so, the players just know so i maybe Maybe, but what you have to consider about the players is they're not a fan of the team like you and I are fans of our teams. You know, like, it's their yes. job. They're not yes. necessarily there for the long run. You know, is Tyrese there for the long mm-hmm. run? Sure. Is anybody else on that team? Maybe McConnell because you paid him? But everybody else has been mentioned in trade talks at some point this year. So I don't think for them they're looking at it like, well, I want to lose so that the Pacers get a good pick. You know, I think they all look at it like, what can I do to make sure that I stay paid? And so for that reason, I, I don't think that they're actively trying to lose. You know, I think if you're actively trying to lose, that's on the coach to give the rookie starting minutes, you know, do stuff like that instead of telling players to blow it or not blow it because clearly if you guys were trying to blow it you did a terrible job by you going play back Brogdon 38 points. minutes uh, yeah the, the interesting thing i the interesting thought i had con was we're giving a bunch of young guys a chance guys who otherwise probably would not have a chance to be seeing the amount of minutes that they actually are mm-hmm. um so those guys are probably happy that that is happening because they're getting to showcase um, not only to the Pacers, but to other teams in the league that they deserve a spot in the NBA. And when we lose games, you know, I those guys can't really complain and say, oh, we're, we're not trying to win games because they're the ones on the court. They're the ones playing con. Like, it's yeah. on them to play well. Like, so I, I think they're – it, it's so interesting that, like, Rick Carlisle is probably not coming out to these guys and saying, yo, we should tank, like – Maybe if you got a shot at the end of a game, you purposely miss it. Like, he's not saying anything like that. But yeah, it, there has to be the notion that these guys are like, hey, we're losing these games, but I'm going to get mine. Yeah, which theoretically should not help the team dynamic, but it worked tonight somehow. Most of yeah. the Magic are that bad. The Magic do have it down a bit. All right, who, well, Colin, uh, who would you who would you want to end up with the number one pick? Um, honestly, the Magic. I just think that's such a fun roster. I think if somebody really Magic really are one year away, there, they get a top three pick this year. Really They're competitive fun. next year. Yeah, I don't know how competitive. You know, maybe they they're like a seven seed. Play in? Not out of the question. No, not at all. I think seven seed is the ceiling. But, I mean, for a team like that that really has never rebuilt all that well, 
uh, aside from the Dwight Howard era rebuild, you know that uh, that has been some time. You don't want to see it. It's a draft lottery rigged, Colin. Uh, I no, there's no way because otherwise, why would New Orleans have Zion Williamson and Anthony Davis? I think the Pacers are going to end up with a number one pick. It's definitely not rigged for the city of Indianapolis. I will tell you that much. Hey, we haven't had a number one pick ever, maybe. Yeah. Do you know that, or are you just saying that? I'm just guessing. But if we end I up with a number one pick, Colin, I, I'm getting so ignorant. It's You're not going to be able to handle me. No matter who you pick. Just give me top four, and I'll be so happy, Colin. If I can watch a Tyrese Halliburton, Jaden Ivey backcourt, that would be very. Sad. I'll be the happiest man in the world. I'll be the happiest that man in the world. That would be hot. I I can see that. I can see that. I uh, know who's your number one pick right now. If uh, you're the Pacers, you got the number one pick. Best player on the board, though. Who you taking? I I don't think you can pass on a guy like Chet Holmgren. I, I really don't think you really? can. Really? Wow. I, I don't I think, think I don't think there. you can. I, I, I you know, Jabari Jabari Smith is probably the right answer here, Colin, just because he's immediately ready to come in and play for a team, play starting minutes, be that starting four. Mm-hmm. But just the the potential that Chet Holmgren has, I I don't think you can pass that up. You, you can, I don't think you can be the team that passes that up, honestly. If I was the GM, I'm taking Chet Holmgren. I need to watch more, but everything I've watched out of Paulo Benchero. I'm not that dude. big of a fan of Paulo. Honestly, I like that we're not... We disagree on this I one. Would take, I... I would take Jay Nivey before Paulo. I, I mean, I don't hate it. Like, I think these guys. Are I would all very maybe close. take Paulo's teammate AJ Griffin before Paulo. Ooh, that feels bold. Although I do like AJ Griffin, I do enjoy him. I think, I think there's argument AJ Griffin's a better player than Jay Nivey. Even I think I think I think once the time of the draft actually comes around, Colin AJ Griffin is a top five draft pick. I don't hate it. I mean, I saw him on the mock draft that I was looking at as, like, a late lottery guy, and I watched him play, and I was like, there's just no way. I just, I don't see it. Like, this guy is higher than this. Um, going back to your scenario, Colin, I think if the Rockets get the number one pick, they're taking Chet, no question, because um, they have time to actually develop him. I think the Pistons and the Magic would lean more towards a Jabari Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's very team dependent. I think that the top four or five picks this year are all going to be quite nice. This is another really good draft class, in my opinion, Noah. Maybe not as many standouts as uh, like surefire things as we've seen, like we did last year. Um, it's a top five player draft. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that. Um, yeah, here's a here's a scenario, Colin. the The magic the the magic at the first pick they take Jabari Smith. Mm-hmm. If you are the Pistons at number two, who are you taking? See, if I'm the Pistons, I think I'm taking Paolo. You know? 
to get that at a forward. I, I think to they do him, too. To pair him, you know, that's that's a lethal team right there. This is mm -hmm. a very lethal team. Him and Cade, like that's just. I'm betting on that team for like a five-year future every single day of the week. Mm -hmm. That's a The magic potential lineup, Colin, of a Cole Anthony, Franz Wagner, Jabari Smith, Jonathan Isaac, Wendell Carter. I, I like that a lot. Could be very scary. There's not a dude on that team that's over like 24 years old either. Whew. I'm just praying the Pacers get Jaden Ivey. That's all I want. That's all I want. I like Jaden Ivey a lot. I like Jaden Ivey a ton. That would be a lethal backcourt. Holy shit. Be like uh, having like De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton in your backcourt. <laughs> yeah. Who can imagine? <laughs> all right, Noah. Let us end the podcast on a similar note for three different dudes on three different teams. We'll start with the Pelicans, who have been uh, low-key <coughs> rolling a bit. They are pretty solidly in the play-in game right now. No, uh, they're a game into the play-in game, but a, only a game behind the Lakers. And it was announced today that Zion Williamson is gearing up for basketball activities and is expected to return before the season is over. We talked about this just last week that we all believe that, that Zion's going to play this year. Here he is. He's doing it. He's playing now. We're supposedly playing. <clears throat> what do we think of this? What do we expect of the Pelicans now? What do we expect of Zion now? You know, it's been how almost a year since he's played basketball. Um <clears throat> let me let me let me paint the picture here, I will let you. Um, the ringer had a really good article talking about this whole situation uh, during Mardi Gras earlier this week last week calling in New Orleans uh, during the parade there was a float that featured a depiction of Zion Williamson that poked fun at his weight um, the jersey he was wearing had one ton written on the front of it <laughs> he also had a speech bubble next to him that said I'm hungry um, <laughs> I think that speaks a lot to the fan base's relationship with Zion currently, mm -hmm. um, who's been kind of cryptic with this uh, foot injury. Pretty cryptic, honestly. Um, yeah, I'd say so. You know, he didn't even reach out until CJ McCollum last week, and CJ McCollum's been on the team for a month. Um, that is not yeah. great. Um, things are a little uneasy between the Pelicans, Colin. I still believe that Zion does not want to play for the Pelicans. Um, that's just a take that I've came up with. in my head. There's nothing to back that up. Um, I think mm -hmm. fans are fed up, but I don't think this situation ends in like an Anthony Davis or a Ben Simmons or a James Harden type situation. Um, the relationship is definitely scarred, Colin. There's a lack of trust on both the Pelican side and Zion's side, but um, winning, winning, winning cures everything, Colin. And at this point it with does. the team... We had big questions about this Pelicans team at the beginning of the year, Colin, um, and what they were doing to build around Zion. And at this point now, Colin, I think yeah. they are ready. I think this team is ready for Zion to come into it. Um, I think I the acquisition so. of C.J. McCollum was awesome. Um, we were both fans of them picking up Jonas Valanciunas, getting Jonas to mm -hmm. play next to Zion 
instead of Steven Adams was a very smart move. Um, if he can return, if Zion can return and stay healthy, the Pelicans now do have the supporting cast that can actually complement and enhance him. And I actually think, I think the Pelicans' best starting five, Colin, is Zion, CJ, Brandon Ingram, our boy Herb Jones, and Jonas Valanciunas. I think we're going to see a decent amount of points Zion here. Um, that lineup, that lineup is awesome, Colin. They got size, they got length, they got versatility. Um, last season, Zion averaged, Zion averaged like 32 minutes a game last season, Colin. He had to spend half of those with Steven Adams. Um, yeah. Just a terrible fit next to Zion. Valanciunas mm-hmm. can actually space the floor on two and a half attempts per game this season, Colin. Valanciunas is shooting 38% from three. I know. Um, you know, he can spot up, he can pick and pop. Like, Valanciunas is a good match next to Zion. And while Zion's been out, Valanciunas and CJ McCollum have been building their chemistry, and they are a very yeah, good yeah. pick-and-roll duo. Um, you know, getting McCollum was an awesome move, Colin. He's a proven scorer. He's done it in the playoffs before. And he's playing really well for the Pelicans. He scored more than 30 points in four out of his first six games with the Pelicans. Um, Ingram gets his own buckets, too. I'm a big fan of Brandon Ingram. I think he's having a very underrated season this year, carrying this Pelicans team. And I think the emergence of Herb Jones is very good for this Pelicans team. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Jones is good enough already to guard the other team's best forward. Um, He's the type of guy you want next to Zion. And the Pelicans are winning, doing this, Colin, after a very terrible start, all without Zion. Um... I think Zion just needs to come in, Colin, because when we saw him play last year at the level he did, he was, you know, he was putting up numbers that we've only seen from, like, Shaq, Wilt, Kareem. Uh, yeah, that's, those that's efficiency numbers. And the numbers like, from the people. People forget, people forget that's not how good of a season Zion had last year. And the Pelicans are not done this season, Colin, um, especially with how this season can play out and um, how they can... Uh, sorry, I'm trying to think. How they can... So if they miss the playoffs, Con, they could have potential here to add another pretty good draft pick. Um, so I think they the get pick... two, actually, because they'll have the Lakers draft pick as well. And the Lakers yes. right so now, if... if they also miss the yes. playoffs, they could have two lotteries. Yeah, so if the Pelicans pick, Con lands from 5 to 14, goes to Portland. If it's in fifteen thirty, it goes to Charlotte. Um, so they're not getting their first-round pick if it lands in the top, unless it lands in the top four. But uh-huh. they do have the Lakers pick, and the Lakers could miss the playoffs very easily, Con, so they could end up with a top yeah. 10 pick here. I mean, add, baby, add. Yeah, I think that this team could do some, not damage in the playoffs. I think that they could have like a Memphis year from last year where they pick up a game or two against the one of the top seeds in the West. And falter, and then they, I think they could come back next year and actually be pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Be so do I. I, I just want to see Zion back playing again. All right. And then we will end on these two notes, Noah. I, I'm just going to run through one. KD is looking like he's going to be back either next week or the week after. Uh, this fits he's in line tomorrow. the timetable. Oh, he's playing with tomorrow. Yeah, because he was officially yep. listed as, as not no longer out. He's officially playing tomorrow now. All right, that speeds up the timeline mm-hmm. that I thought I had. KD's back. I think we'll see the Nets start rolling again soon. Uh, no Ben Simmons. So this is pretty much a Nets team that we've seen. But he does now have Seth Curry and Andre, or 
yeah, Andre Drummond, uh, who are some pieces that you and I both very much like. So we will see how that plays out. The biggest news that we are going to end on, Noah, is a team that is somehow very much afloat due to a singular player, Nikola Jokic, is expecting his $38 million a year small forward, (laughs) Michael Porter Jr., to come back into the lineup. Michael Porter Jr. has been cleared for basketball activities, and it's anticipated that he'll be joining the G League team in the next two weeks to start his rehab process. Should be ready for the playoffs. Does that change your mind on Denver at all? And do you think Michael Porter Jr. will actually be able to make (laughs) it back? Just depends on what Michael Porter Jr. we're getting, Colin. Seriously. Because the one we saw earlier this season was dog water. Uh, Yeah. But if he can get back to the level he was playing, all the Nuggets need Michael Porter Jr. to be calling as a 20-point-per-game scorer. Um, That's really all they need this dude is to average 20 points per game. Jokic can do the rest. Um, If he can do that, the Nuggets are not a team to be messed around with, Colin. Um, No one wants to play the Nuggets because no one wants to deal with Jokic for an entire series. Um, You know, I could see it working out. I could see Michael Porter this time uh, because he easily could have been playing injured, and that's why he was playing so poorly. But he also could have been, you know, feeling the pressure of having to be a team's number two option. Um, we also this also he could also come back and look terrible, Con, and we're looking at his contract like how we look at Tobias Harris's right now. Yeah, it could be worse too. Think about that. I mean, at least I just, at I least... just want this Nuggets oh. team to get their healthy run. They deserve a healthy run of Murray, Jokic, and Porter to at least see like where they can go with that. That that's yeah. all I really want to see. I just yeah. want to see Jamal Murray play a man. I agree. I, so I think good. that Michael Porter Jr. is almost inconsequential into the Nuggets' ultimate goals. I think it, it really rests on Jamal Murray, uh, who's been pretty cryptic in him coming back. The latest article that I read was from about 10 hours ago, and uh, his, his comments uh, left much to be desired. He said he'll plays, he will play when he's ready again. And uh, mm. also comments that Jokic is the MVP again. But, you know, when when you're getting that from a guy with the competitive nature of Jamal Murray, I, I'm being led to believe that it's not happening this season. Sad. Right. That sucks. It really sucks. With the season that Jokic is having, that blows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what an episode! What an episode! What an episode! I'm about to go binge some Attack on Titan here, Noah. I'm quite <laughs> excited. I'm thrilled to well, say the least. Let's get you out of here, Colin. Uh, thank you guys <laughs> for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter, the Common Men's NBA podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Bench underscore Chatter. Leave us a like. Leave us a rating, and hopefully, you can be on the lookout next Wednesday for a potential. Um, we can switch gears here. Maybe a potential March Madness preview. Oh um, yes, yes, you know, man. Get you ready for your office pools. 
Uh, yeah, so be on the lookout for that. And we'll see you on Sunday. Peace.